You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, let's take a little trip around town here and see what's going on with the neighbors. Honestly, there's, there's nothing super major going on, but psychosis is just taking over. I think people are just starting to break. Um, the desire for an answer, you know, I mean, when, when you want something real bad and you think it's coming like, you know, what, 14, 17, 18 days ago. And it's like, maybe today, maybe today, maybe today. And you're doing that for going on three weeks. What if it's today? Maybe today's the day. And all these rumors and oh, what about this and that and that, 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 that. And then two weeks ago, it really started to get steamy and really started to heat up and maybe any day. And then this past Tuesday is like, it's got to be today. Like, today's the day, Pat McAfee, the whole nine yards, one week away, all that stuff. He doesn't go on Pat McAfee, nothing's really going on. But then the meetings happen, and it's like, oh, dang, the meetings, it's really getting real, here we go. And then it's like, no, that meeting in New York, that wasn't really anything. They were just, it was a meeting, but nothing really happened. And then they go to, they fly out to meet him in L.A. or whatever. It's like, oh, man, here it comes. It's about to be a thing. It's going to be. Oh, no, no, it's just part of the process. It's no big deal. It's not a big thing or nothing. And then you think, man, we're really getting close. It could be today. Today's maybe the day. It's the end of the week. You know, free agency's coming up. The legal tampering period is going on. Teams are having conversations with players, and we probably want to be involved in certain conversations, but maybe can't or something, or I don't really know, but it's got to be like a thing here. We got to get it going. And then we restructure Bakhtiari, and it's like, oh man, here we go. And then nothing happens. And then it's like, well, he, you know, uh, but the Packers and the they they worked out a deal and it's it's already done. We just need word. And it's like, oh man, all he has to do is say something. And then it's like, oh no, actually, actually, they didn't work out a deal. Sorry about that. And then, oh, they did work out a deal. They worked out a deal. It's coming. Here it comes any minute. We just need, okay, oh, no. And actually, despite that report, it's not true. That didn't actually happen at all. And then the Jets free up, uh, like, the exact amount that they need in order to take on Aaron Rodgers' contract. They freed up, like, to the penny that much. And it's like, oh, dang, here it comes. Here comes the big announcement. And then nothing happens. And it is now nearing the end of Saturday. For me, it is about 6 o'clock, and there is no real reason to believe, could be wrong, but no real reason to believe it's going to get done today. And it just feels like something that wouldn't get done on a Sunday, although, I mean, of course it could, it just doesn't feel like it. You know, it's a weekend, we got to take some, Rogers needs time off from his time off, you know? So maybe Monday kind of feels like where we're at right now, but probably not, probably on Tuesday, but maybe even not then, I don't really know. And people are just starting to break down a little bit. The anger is starting to ramp up up even among Packer fans. They're just finding things to fight about, just random things just coming up and we're just swinging at each other. And then Rodgers had the audacity to click the little heart thing on something related to COVID, and that just sent people into a double spiral because, for one, they're picturing him sitting on his couch just scrolling Twitter, and for two, he brought up, like, COVID again, which just gets people, like, super riled up. How dare you talk about COVID and whatnot? Or even... 
happen to graze your finger across something that you agree with that happens to do with COVID, you evil jerk. So they're freaking out, and then people are freaking out back at him, and then it's, well, he, you know, Mark Murphy's a piece of garbage. He's a loser. He spoke his mind and told the truth, and we're going to read way too much into that and assume he said things that he didn't say, but then also maybe he said it and he shouldn't have said this, but maybe he did, and who are you to say? And I didn't say, Rogers is a jerk, and Murphy's a jerk, and Gutekunst is a jerk, and everybody's horrible, and the Jets are stupid, and the Packers are stupid, and the Bears are dumb, and da-da-da-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And nothing's happening. Nothing has happened. Nothing has changed. It's been the exact same thing that it's been for two months. Maybe not exact same because we, you know, at least have some level of confirmation on where things are at. And the Packers and Jets have had official conversations. And it's basically a done deal if Rodgers will, you know, say okay. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a ton of progress because this has been speculated since day one. I mean, I think that was the first team I mentioned that he would probably go to that made the most sense since, you know, the season ended. And here we are. And it wasn't just, I'm not saying I'm a genius. That was the team. That's what everybody was saying. That and maybe the Raiders, and that's pretty much it. Tyler Herrick basically summed it up pretty nicely. He said, keep seeing people mad that people are mad at 12. So now all we need is someone to get mad that people are mad about people being mad at 12 so we can all just go mad. I think that's a fair summary of where we're at right now. Now, I got involved a little bit in the... uh, Twitter anger sphere, but I choose to poke the bear. And by the bear, I mean Bears fans, because they are so oblivious and so stupid and so easy to pick on and so easy to get riled up. We'll get into that momentarily, but that's where I choose to go. You know, if if I'm feeling frustrated, I don't want to attack Packer fans. Why don't we just go bug Bears fans? They're an easy target, you know? Make fun of the Vikings for being frauds or something. Why do you, you got to attack other Packer fans? Go find somebody else to hate. Go pick on the Dallas Cowboys. I know it's a little harder these days because we didn't have a great season, but there's always the Bears. Always the Bears. It's an easy one to go to. So anyway, and I'll be honest, this whole thing has made it actually kind of difficult for me to even do the podcast because I, 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 it's so all-consuming. And there's not, there's not really a lot else going on. And if I was smart, I would be like, all right, just leave this alone. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Don't do anything. And find another topic to, you know, find like a little research thing that you can do or work on or something. But I don't. I sit on Twitter and I refresh and I scroll and I look and it's like, what did anything happen? And then it's time to record the podcast. It's like, what do you got for content? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I've been staring at Twitter all day. I don't have anything. I can't talk for an hour about how Rodgers isn't back yet, and it's there's no news. So then it's like, well, I don't even want to do it then, because I don't want to just start the microphone and have nothing to talk about, similar to the little rant I'm having right now. And then on top of that, I don't want to do the podcast, because I'm going to talk about something, and I just know one of these days, I'm going to work my way through, and then Rodgers is good, this big deal is going to happen, and then the whole podcast goes in the garbage. So the whole thing just feels discouraging. It needs to come to an end. So we can move on for a lot of reasons. Yes, that's a selfish reason. There's a lot of non-selfish reasons. The Packers need them to move on. Everybody needs to, the, the sanity of Packer fans and everyone else around the world would need this to happen. But this whole thing just feels old, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I here's the list of reports since the last time I did a podcast. The Packers have agreed on a deal. The Packers haven't agreed on a deal. Mark Murphy made some comments that 
tell us what we already knew, and then these comments tell us, and then he reported this, and then these articles came out, and then his article is not true. Jeez, man, who can't? Come on, just let's go, dude. But anyways, why don't we go ahead and do a little tour around the NFC North. First of all, looking over at the Detroit Lions, haven't talked about them very much, not a ton going on. In fact, there's not very much going on anywhere aside from Rodgers' watch. But there is a rumor out there that Jamal Williams, who is uh, desiring to come back to Detroit, might be headed out the door. As of right now, to be clear, it does seem as though Jamal will be heading back. Um... There is mutual interest between the Lions and Jamal Williams in signing a new contract, according to Nolan Bianchi of the Detroit News. But uh, according to Tyler Dunn, he says, free agency nugget to pass along. There is mutual interest in Jamal Williams returning to Detroit. But a source told me today that Buffalo, Cincinnati, and the New York Jets are all interested in the running back. So we've seen a lot of people leave the Vikings. The Bears are trying to claw their way back up to relevance. And now the Lions seem to be heading. And and by the way, this has always been kind of a thing with the Lions that I've been saying. You've got this situation for them where they're at the bottom and they're working their way up and they're building and they're adding and adding and adding and adding, right? You got all the money, you got a bunch of picks, you got all this stuff. So you're just adding and you're not losing anything. The only thing you're losing are the terrible players that you're replacing. But as you go along, you don't have as much cap space anymore because you spent it all. And you don't have 65 first-round picks, and you don't have early picks because you're starting to win football games. And on top of all of that, starting to make your life a little bit harder, um, you're now going to start seeing guys leave. So guys like Jamal Williams that have been, uh, and again, he's, he's probably, if I had to guess, he'll be back. But just as an example, Jamal Williams starts to leave. Other guys that have been there for a while that are starting to age are starting to leave, and now you're kind of in this normal cycle. You know, it, it's kind of like... Uh, if you ever exercised or got into fitness, you probably heard the term newbie gains. Basically, it's when you first start out, you can gain a bunch of muscle. You can even, it's like the only period where you can actually lose fat and build muscle. There's a very brief window where that's actually physically possible. That's kind of what they're going through. They're, they're having their newbie gain. But now everything levels out, and now you're on the same plane with everybody else. You get mid-range picks. You have to try to add talent as fast as you're going to be losing talent, which is going to be, again, a lot harder because you don't have a billion dollars in cap space and you don't have, you know, three first round picks, two of them in the top 10 or whatever kind of stupidity some of these garbage teams are are dealt just by virtue of the fact that they suck. And so now is the real test. And the fact of the matter is, again, they have not even gotten to the playoffs. You know, you look at a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, you want to talk about a Cinderella story, that's it. The Lions haven't even gotten back to the playoffs, and they get talked about like they they went from zero to Super Bowl champions. They missed the playoffs, and they're very fortunate to have capitalized off the Rams' stupidity um, and the fact that they're complete garbage. So they do get a top 10 pick this year based on that. Their other pick is at 18, and again, I don't really anticipate this being a thing for very much longer. After their top 10 pick this year, you're either going to find a way to ascend that is to say, actually be a Super Bowl contender, or you get stuck in this middle area, which is where everything kind of, you know, the the, uh, the parody thing with the NFL, what does parody do? It pulls the bottom up and it pulls the top down. down. It's kind of like gravity on Earth. Pulls people toward China, toward us, it pulls us toward China. But what happens if you just remove all of the land mass? 
We all just get sucked into the middle and just sit there. Everything really ultimately gets pulled to the middle. And that's where you get stuck if you can't find a way to pull yourself through that. So that, again, is going to be the real test of the Lions. Everybody looks at, oh, they're getting so much better. And if they just add a couple more pieces, they're going to be, okay, we'll see. I've been hearing it for I don't know how long now. And again, this is a team that is built on hype. It's a team that's built on belief. And good for them because this these guys believe. But how many more seasons of missing the playoffs before these guys start to not believe anymore? What happens if they miss this 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 year again? If they miss the playoffs, what happens? You really think these players are still going to believe after years and years and years of hearing the same message and being this mediocre garbage football team? It really is getting to be put up or shut up time. They're in a decent spot to do something, but they've got a lot of work to do. And they've only got a handful of picks, and they don't have a super great quarterback. So speaking of that subject, here's an article by uh, the Side Lion Report by Bad Brad Birm, whatever. Particularly wide receiver needy team could price Lions out of DJ Chark. As it seems, DJ Chark will leave the Detroit Lions in free agency. A particularly wide receiver needy team could price them out of keeping him anyway. I'm not going to go through the whole article, but you get the idea. They're on the other side of it now. It's not that Jamal Williams and DJ Chark are the elite of the the elite. It's not Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. But the point is now they've got to start keeping up. It's not nothing. It's a big deal. Jamal Williams had, what, half of all their touchdowns? I mean, it was ridiculous how many touchdowns that guy had. So um, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm out on the Lions. They've done some good stuff, but... Um, all the hype for them to miss the playoffs every year is just not necessarily anything massively impressive. And again, this was the easy part. It all gets harder from here. And then for the Vikings, it is just a complete collapse. It's as though they they really tried to stitch something together and it's just falling apart. You ever as a kid have those uh, snow blocks? You know, you pack these things with snow and then you can make a little snow igloo. You ever do that not super great and it collapses on you? That's what this is. They tried to build a snow igloo. It was unsteady, largely because of what I've been talking about for years. They're so obsessed with keeping everybody. Everybody's got to stay. And it just builds and builds and builds, and it became sort of this bubble that just had to pop. Before we get too far into it, uh, I should probably mention the uh, longtime head coach, Bud Grant, passed away. Grant coached the Vikings for 18 seasons, had a career record of 158, 96, and 5. So I believe it said somewhere he passed at the age of 95 years old. So um, great that he was able to live a long life, if in fact that is true. I don't see it in this article. But um, obviously, you know, this is one of those some things are bigger than football moments. Not a Vikings fan, but this is an NFL legend. And um, of course, sorry for uh, the loss of his family. But with that said, I just want to go over a couple of the headlines that are going around Minnesota right now, just to give you an idea of where the Vikings are at. And just remember, because we, we've done this together, man. Me and you, we've been hanging out a long time. We go back. We've been hanging out all through the last part of this season when I have been banging my fist on the table saying this team is a fraud and Vikings fans are mad and they don't like it because they believe they're on the top and they are this and that and the other thing. They're in great shape. In fact, they couldn't be any better. I don't even know how you could make this team any better. A couple little tweaks here and there, man, they're, they're coming for you. It's going to be a great football team. Here's an article from a Vikings website written by Peter Panassi. 
49ers have to grab on this possible Vikings salary cap casualty. I'm not going to even read it. This is this is so bad right now for the Vikings that the Sharks are beginning to circle. This is I don't want to get too dramatic here, but I can't think of another example other than the Houston Texans back in the day when they were just fire sailing everybody. This is a situation where everything is crumbling, and now you've got writers for other teams, and I'm sure other teams are doing this as well, saying, dude, you got to go grab that guy. Look, this guy fell off, and that guy fell off, and he he got cut, he got cut, he's forcing his way off the team. we got to get in there, right? Adam Thielens, Darius Smith. Uh, we'll get into a couple others that are no longer there. Got to go get these guys. How about this article? Written by Heavy.com. Vikings trade proposal sends Kirk Cousins and three-time pro, pro bowler to the AFC. It says the Minnesota Vikings are willing to make uncomfortable moves to move the organization forward, which they go way backwards first. Minnesota released one of the franchise's most popular players in Adam Thielen. I believe we already talked about that on March 10th, along with cornerback Cam Dantzler, which is a big deal that we have not talked about yet. That's another one that left. But the biggest decision facing facing the franchise's next future is what to do with Kirk Cousins, who enters the final year of his contract and is looking for a multi-year extension. General Manager Kwesi Adolfo Mensa came clean saying he's willing to move on from Cousins if they cannot reach a deal that offers more flexibility, prompting speculation surrounding Cousins' future. Now, this is honestly very similar, in my opinion, speculation to what's going on with um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is now Lamar's a little bit different because I think he's asking for more money than he's worth. But this is kind of similar because Cousins is saying, I will leave unless I get this fully guaranteed contract. And the Vikings felt handcuffed. And so um, Mensa, Quasi, Adolfo Mensa, I think is how you say his name, is basically saying, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be hamstrung to this. I'm not going to be strong armed. You're not going to do this to me. You're going to give us a contract that is something that makes sense for us, or we will face the ramifications, whatever they may be, of allowing you to walk out the door. Now, the question is, number one, are they going to hold to that? Number two, is Kirk Cousins going to back down and say, okay, fine? Or is he going to say, no, if you're not going to do it, somebody's going to pay me. And they will, by the way. Kirk Cousins, very, very good season this past year. I think he's going to get massively paid by somebody. He'd get more probably than Lamar will, which is going to piss a bunch of people off. But he played better than Lamar, and he plays more than like six games a season. So there you go. But it says, considering the uncertainty surrounding Cousins, K-Fans Paul Allen proposed a trade that would send Cousins and Zadarius Smith, who is requested to be cut from the team, to the Houston Texans for the number two and 12 overall picks in the upcoming draft. You bunch of freaking morons. Who's going to give you the 2 and 12 pick to be stuck with Cousins on some garbage contract that you don't want to pay him for? I got to give him that contract and give you number two, and then I got to get washed up Zadarius, who plays one year and then pisses and moans and asks to get cut. I got to give you the number 12 over a pick for that guy? You want my number two for Cousins and my number 12 for Zadarius. Uh, counterpoint. I'm going to draft CJ Stroud and pay him like 50 bucks because he's a rookie, and then I can draft Miles Murphy from Clemson. Well, they're not as good. Okay, what in the world am I supposed to do with Zadarius Smith? I know we're getting off the rails here, but Paul Allen deserves this. What in the world are the Texans going to do with Kirk Cousins and Zadarius Smith? They don't have a football team. There's nobody to throw to. There's nobody to do anything. They need to build a football team. 
No way in the world you're getting picks 2 and 12 from Cousins and Zadarius. Zadarius is on the backstretch of his career. He's got a couple more years left in him. Maybe. Same with Cousins. That dude ain't going to be around for much longer. And they're both going to have bloated contracts. That's so stupid. But again, Paul Allen, one of the more revered voices for the Minnesota Vikings, is saying, get rid of Kirk Cousins. So Zadarius, get rid of him. Paul Allen, get rid of him. Or uh, Paul Allen. Uh, Kirk Cousins, get rid of him. Cam Dantzler's already gone. Eric Kendricks is gone. And now there's a report that the Vikings will release their star safety, one of the best, most underrated players in football, Harrison Smith. My goodness. By the way, may I point out that's mostly defenders on a team that had a historically garbage defense. Down the stretch, this was like the worst defense in football. You're going to lose Zadarius. You're going to lose Kendricks. You're going to lose Harrison Smith. You're going to lose Cam Dantzler. Oh, boy. And now you're talking about giving up your franchise quarterback, which is like 50% of the reason your team was able to do anything. He and Justin Jefferson, that's basically it. Then you went out and get some tight end from the Lions for some reason. This is bad. The article continues, There have been reports locally and nationally. Kirk wants a longer deal, and the team may just uh, go one year or plot this year out, Allen said, adding that his trade proposal is purely speculative. You call Houston and you say, we'll take two, we'll take 12, and you can take the quarterback and the disgruntled pass rusher. Yeah, that's the sales pitch of the century right there. No surprise, what are they going to do with the number two pick? They're going to get a quarterback, which is exactly what the team that has the number two pick wants to do. So why would they, why would they be you when you don't even want to be you? Hey, we don't want to be us because we suck. Do you want to be us? And we'll just take your spot so we can rebuild a team with those picks, and you can just be us and suck. What do you think? Does that sound good? temporarily suck. I mean, you got to pay a bunch of money to suck for like a year or two. And then when those guys leave, then you, then you suck worse because of that. Plus you don't have those picks that you would have had at picks two and 12, which could have been franchise players for many years. Uh, But instead you have nothing. We will have them in fact. So it's the most insane thing I've heard. Then you have an article from brobible.com that says another Vikings veteran appears to be on his way out. The bloodbath will continue. It's been a rough offseason for the just It just gives you butterflies and makes you feel real good. It's been a rough offseason for the Minnesota Vikings fans, and things might get a little bit tougher as veteran safety Harrison Smith may be on his way out of the team. According to KSTP's Darren Wolfson, signs point to the Vikings releasing Smith, who is their longest tenured player. And I kind of alluded to this, I think, yesterday or the day before when I was just going through their roster and said, I don't know what they're doing with this guy. They might be getting rid of him. Anyways, the article continues. The news of Smith's potential release comes amid a flurry of activity for the Vikings. The team has already cut veteran linebacker Eric Kendricks, wide receiver Adam Thielen, and quarterback Cam Dantzler. Additionally, Zadarius Smith has reportedly asked to be released, and an NFL team has made a trade offer for running back Dalvin Cook, another thing I hadn't mentioned. Um... Uh, according to recent reports. A source told Wolfson about the situation with the team, hey, it's going to continue to be a bloodbath. Smith, who is 34 years old, has been with the Vikings for 11 seasons and is under contract for three more. He has a cap hit of $19.1 million in 2023 and is likely the reason behind the team's decision to restructure his deal. If Smith does stay with the Vikings, it will likely be on a new contract that involves a pay reduction. Now, some Vikings players have done that in the past. I think Adam Thielen did that. Um, 
trying to think of some other players that might have done that, but it's not impossible that that is the situation. But at the same time, number one, Harrison Smith's 34 years old. The team is on a complete decline. All new coaching staff. I mean, there's really nothing there for him anymore. A lot of the old guard are leaving. You know, Adam Thielen's leaving. Again, all the coaches, uh, Zimmer and all that. What is really left there for him? There's no winning to be had in your short-term tenure. Um, Aside from, you know, the money, which if you want to play, you can play somewhere. But there's no reason to reduce your own salary to stay with Minnesota, unless it's just a pure loyalty, like my, my kids go to school here and... You know, it's uh, the for the fans, et cetera, et cetera. You know, my wife likes it here. We had a nice home. Maybe that's kind of the situation, but I just can't really imagine that he would take a big pay cut to stay there. Additionally, I don't think the Vikings are really in any position to, to um, expend additional resources to keep old guys. I mean, that was what the old guard used to do. This is a new staff that wants to build younger and cheaper and and. I hate to say better because he's a fantastic safety, I think, even to this day, but he's not a part of the long-term future vision for the Minnesota Vikings. So they're not really probably planning to bend over backwards anyways, and I think that's where that conflict comes in. There's no reason for Harrison Smith to bend over backwards for this, and the Vikings are not really willing to, you know, again, expend resources on really old players that don't have much left in the tank. By the way, as far as that Dalvin Cook thing, again, receiving a trade offer is not that big of a deal on its face. I mean, it is kind of a weird thing to report. I'm sure there's all kinds of offers that go back and forth. Why is this one being made public? But anyways, let's look into it because I do think it's kind of interesting. And and and, and again, although on the surface, it seems like nothing. You know, a, a team said, hey, can we trade for him? And the Vikings are like, get out of here, loser. But let's just start with this before we even look at the article here. Why in the world would you want to keep Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook has not been a premier running back for a very long time. His large stats have to do with the large quantity of his carries. I think he had by far his worst season. He's got serious injury issues over uh, his tenure. The amount of carries that he's had means he has almost no tread left on his tires whatsoever. And his contract is is ridiculous. It makes no sense. If if I'm the Minnesota Vikings, I would keep Harrison Smith over um, Dalvin Cook. I've never really liked Dalvin Cook all that much. He's a good running back, but he just very rarely... I mean, when he was at his best, the guy couldn't stay on the field for more than a half a season. And then once he started being able to play, he just has been not a non-factor. And this past year, he's been a beyond a non-factor. Barely mediocre running back. There's an article here from MSN.com. There's growing talk of a blockbuster NFL running back trade. It starts off early this offseason. Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry was connected to the Buffalo Bills in a potential trade. While that hasn't happened, another running back's name just popped up in trade rumors. According to a report from Vikings reporter Dan Wolfson, the team has received an offer for running back Dalvin Cook. Quote, I did hear that there is a trade offer in on Dalvin Cook, Wolfson said. So if they wanted to trade Dalvin, there's an interested team. Now, the reason I find this to be somewhat interesting, again, number one, I've, I've I absolutely think it makes sense to move on from Dalvin Cook. They should not be paying for him. I know the team continues to move backwards, but that's just a bad value. Offload him while you can. You've got a decent running back in Alexander Madison, assuming you can get him locked up or whatever, which shouldn't cost all that much. Pay him, don't pay Dalvin. You can always draft running backs. I hate to say they're a dime a dozen, but let's be honest, if you if you can build an offensive line, you can find a running back that can run behind it. But the other thing I find interesting about it is what I mentioned earlier about this whole fire sale thing. 
You've got beat reporters and teams looking at it going, ooh, dude, go get Zadarius. He's trying to force his way out. Oh, dude, go get Kirk Cousins. We should get Kirk. Harrison Smith, I guess, is open. Oh, dude, we should go get him. Adam Thielen, go get him. Like I said, when we started this whole Vikings thing, the Sharks are circling. And now, because everybody knows they're a team that is selling, they see this guy makes a ton of sense as somebody that doesn't fit what the current Vikings are trying to do. And so they offered a trade. Hey, he doesn't make sense for you, but he does for us. I'll give you this for him. Now, I don't know what it was. It might have been very low. Maybe it's too low. Maybe they don't really want to trade him. But I find, again, I find it interesting because this is what the team is right now. They're in massive sell mode. And to be fair, this is what they should be doing. This is what they should have done a long time ago. But this is going to be a very, 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 very bad football team. They were a very bad football team last year. Their record was a joke. They were not as good as the Packers. They were the third best team in the NFC North in terms of the quality of their football team. They were bad at football, and they are getting insanely worse. Unless some of these guys really start to figure some stuff out and year two really starts to help, and then you've got some draft picks from last year and a hopefully a big haul for their sake this year, unless these things happen. Just magic across the board happens. This team is going to go from being the bad team they were last year, fraudulent as they may have been with a great record, a bad team last year, to a disastrous team this year. Speaking of disastrous teams, I want to take a break here. I want to come back and I want to talk about the Chicago Bears, who did trade their uh, number one overall pick. I think that was the right move, although maybe a better move would be to get a new quarterback, but whatever. They got a, a... quality haul from that. They're going to have a lot of picks for a long time. They added another player again. But um, the madness has ensued. The Bears fan, every every single time something happens, man, they start getting chirpy. And this it's just like every offseason, every single year, they do something and it becomes, this is our year. It's the most embarrassing thing in the world. They're the most unrealistic, ridiculous people on planet Earth. And so I want to look at the trade I want to show you the math. I want to show you some of the things that are out there about it and just give my opinion and then uh, take a little trip through Twitter at some of the absolute insanity that's taking place. But why don't we take a break right here and we'll come back and take a look. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So real quick, before we get into the Bears, I forgot I did have one other article I wanted to look at for the Minnesota Vikings. It's just more of the same, but um, just kind of highlights the point here. This is a uh, a DailyNorseman.com article written by Tyler Ireland that says, 
the Vikings' competitive rebuild isn't possible without Zadarius Smith. And without reading it, essentially it says he makes the difference between what would be considered a competitive rebuild, which is to say we're going to, you know, cut away some of the chaff, but stay strong and try to maintain and stay a competitive team, et cetera, et cetera. If you lose a Darius Smith, it's just a rebuild. It's just a complete teardown and rebuild. You cannot let this guy go. So it's an important piece. So if Zadarius does in fact leave, which isn't done yet, this may be him just trying to lobby for more money and maybe the Vikings come through with more money now that everybody's gone. They should have some, even though they need a bunch of money to pay Justin Jefferson, probably 30 some odd million dollars a year. But if he does leave, immediately when Vikings fans start telling you it's not a big deal, he wasn't that good anyways, just remember they're lying. It's a big deal. Even if it's the right decision, it's a big deal. This is no longer a competitive rebuild. This is just, we're going to tank and suck, and hopefully when we rebuild this team, there'll be something competitive there, which is always funny, and I, I've pointed this out before, but the fact that you're going to rebuild doesn't mean you're going to rebuild a good team. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything. It's a completely blank slate. It's like when you watch American Idol and somebody walks out on the stage. Them walking out on the stage isn't the part that gets you to Hollywood. It's whether or not you can sing. We don't know anything yet. This person could suck. They could be mediocre. They could be amazing. Although these days, American Idol is pretty much everybody goes to Hollywood. They don't really show a lot of the bad auditions anymore, which is sad because that used to be my favorite part of the show. Like the entire beginning part was just horrible auditions. And you know they're still horrible. Well, there might not be that many anymore, actually, because I think they... Um, they have a filtering process, so I'm guessing early on they sent some of the really terrible ones through. Maybe they just don't do that as much anymore. I don't know, because we don't get to see it, which is stupid. I'll have to ask Katy Perry. I'll give her a, I'll give you a call after this podcast and let you guys know what she says. So anyways, that is the Vikings. So first of all, just so we're clear, setting the stage here, the Chicago Bears traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers, which is at pick nine. So the Carolina Panthers moved from nine to one. In addition to that, they got a uh, pick, ugh, I better look it up. I think I know it by heart, but I'm, I don't want to mess it up. Plus, it's always tricky because whether or not you count Miami or not, because some, sometimes when you look at it, it'll, the pick will be there, but it'll say forfeited. And then sometimes it's just not there and it skips. So it changes whether it's like pick 61 or not. All right. So in a late Friday news announcement via SB Nation, the Chicago Bears traded the first pick to the Carolina Panthers. In exchange, the Bears received the ninth overall pick this year, the 61st overall pick this year, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2025 second-round pick. In addition, the Bears acquired wide receiver DJ Moore in a trade. You can bet on the number one overall pick at DraftKings Sportbook. Thanks! <laughs> Anyways, the rumor circulating and, and for a while it was going back and forth like dude carolina totally fleece chicago dude chicago totally fleece carolina and i wasn't really sure but my at first glance was not very impressed with the bears reason being and and everybody's memory just goes to zero the bears have been telling us bears fans have been telling us this entire time the expectation is three first round picks three first round picks and that wasn't to move back to nine I believe that the rumor was if they're going to move outside of the top five, which is to say if they go back to six, they get this year's first, next year's first, and the year after that's first. Now, to be fair, that's roughly about what they got, right? They got 
a first this year, a first next year, and then a second the year after that with a second kicker this year. It's a late second. They had a, a pick at 40. They didn't get that, but they got the one at 61, which seems a little light. But then you add in wide receiver DJ Moore to the mix, and that gets you obviously significantly higher. Now, it's it's hard to put this all together, but we've been hearing three first-round picks, and instead they get they, they move back further than I think a lot of people were expecting. Everybody thought they were going to four. And then they go all the way back to nine, and they get two firsts, two seconds. One of them is for two years from now. And so, I mean, just to, because again, all we have to do to assess value, and we're going to do this when Aaron Rodgers gets traded, which I think is going to happen. But the the point is, whatever the compensation is, you're going to have Packer fans saying it was great value, it was terrible value, Bears fans saying Packers got fleeced, blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is all you have to do is... Look before Rodgers got traded and say, what was the expectation? If the expectation is they're not even going to get a first-round pick and the Packers get a pick and a player, and then Bears fans or whoever try to come along and say, wow, a pick and a mid-player for a first ballot Hall of Famer, you guys got fleeced. Nope, sorry, you lose the argument. We got way more value than expected. If we get a third, you know, a, a condition, a third round pick and a conditional 2024 pick, based on expected value, we didn't exactly get what was expected. So the question is, what was the expected value? And, and there's two ways to do this. What was everybody saying prior to? And then do the math yourself. And I did both. But first of all, hat tip to Rich Eisen and a few other people, because I, as I reported, this is back when he did his top five... Um, things that he heard from the combine with all the drunk guys and everything else. I played this because, or I don't know if I actually played it. I think I decided not to, but he was talking about Aaron Rodgers and stuff, and I thought it was interesting, even though, again, the guy kind of annoys me. But here's what Rich Eisen said about the Chicago Bears. Number four on this list. We know the story of the combine. I told you it was a story of the non-playing season, as we refer to it, the offseason. Because it's going to last a long time, I said. The minute that Lovey Smith bequeathed the first overall pick to the Chicago Bears and the Bears having Justin Fields already. And I said all spring long up until draft day is going to be the story about what the Bears do with the first overall pick unless they have obviously traded sooner. Number four on the list is the Bears are already long down the road of trading the first overall pick. Teams have been identified. Compensation is being hammered out. Wow. Yeah. And and sure enough, I saw Ryan Poles say today, I believe in Peter King's Football Morning in America column, if I'm not mistaken, saying that, hey, teams kind of want to know maybe before free agency begins if they have a draft pick high enough to take a kid. And if a team wants that quarterback certainty this early in the process, they're going to have to pay for it. Man, Poles is playing this thing like a virtuoso so far, as far as I'm concerned. So I hear the Bears are already long down the road in trading this first-round draft choice. Number three on the list. So again, credit to Rich Eisen for hitting that. Here's a couple of other details that uh, uh, came out about this. Obviously said he's a virtuoso, which is hilarious. Ian Rappaport came out to say that teams are scrambling to get the Bears' number one pick overall. In the same Peter King piece that Eisen cited, Paul said he can feel urgency and pressure on other teams, and he won't be rushed. The interesting part is having a conversation with one team, and then an hour later another team texts you wanting to trade. 
and they're not afraid of what the floor of what you're asking for is, Poles said. And he named his asking price for the number one overall pick, a 2024 first rounder and a 2025 first rounder. Now understand, he already came out and said, we want three first round picks, right? This has been this has been established already. This is the asking price. So, all right, so that's already on the table. I think the Hogan Jans show, they were the ones that said that they were there was a report that anything outside of the top five, they they demand three first round picks. I think a lot of Bears fans thought if they went back to four, they would get three first round packs picks. They went back to nine and basically got the value of about three first round picks. But I want to look at this too. This is RJ White from CBS, wrote a very long, detailed article about the value of the number one pick. Did a lot of work on this. Talks about all the different trade value charts and everything else. But then he also did something that I've never seen anyone else do. And and I found this article because this is what I wanted to find. And it's how do you value future picks? Because a lot of people, when they're evaluating this, including, I think it was over the cap, a lot of Bears fans were throwing that at me about how over the cap showed that the value was massively in the favor of the Chicago Bears. The problem is they didn't discount future picks. They looked at the picks and and uh, where they were likely to be picking, and then the contracts that those players would likely have, because the contracts generally would correlate to value, so they kind of looked at it that way. What is the average contract of that pick? Something to that effect, I don't know. But the point is, they just looked across the board at all the different contracts and took the picks at face value. In other words, a 2025 second-round pick is no different than a 2023 second-round pick, but that's not how this works. So the question is, considering teams value future picks less, what is that value that they assign to it? Here's what he says. Different teams are going to value future picks differently, so it's hard to create a standard value for them. Why is that? Some front offices know they're in it for the long haul. While every uh, general manager should be planning for the present and the future, the likelihood of seeing that future will vary from team to team. Eagles GM Howie Roseman knows when he strikes a deal for future picks that he'll almost certainly get the chance to make them and enjoy the fruits of his short-term sacrifice. Other trade futures... uh, Other trade future picks for a Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or just to move up in the draft knowing the future is not guaranteed. I typically use the last pick of that round in the current year as my value. So a 2024 first round pick would be worth a value of the number 32 pick in most years. So you take the value of pick 32 and that's what a 2024 first round pick is worth. All right, so here is what he did. He came, he he did multiple picks for the number one pick for the Chicago Bears and said, here are everything the Bears should get if they trade for the Texans, the Colts, the Raiders, the Falcons, and the Panthers. And he did three different trades for each of these teams. A low trade, in other words, the Bears get screwed. A medium trade, which is a fair trade. And then a high trade, in other words, the Bears got above value. So let's look at what he said for the Panthers. A low trade, meaning the Bears got screwed, would be a uh, pick 9, 40, 62, 84, 115, a 2024 first, and a 2024 second. So this year's first, this year's both of this year's second round picks, and third, and probably fourth, and then 2022 first, and a 20, uh, 2024 first and second. No 2025 anything. Now, there is no player in this. But I would say that's pretty close to like what they got. An average, in other words, what he thinks the Panthers would have to pay would be picks 9, 40, 62, a 2024 first, a 2024 second, and a 2025 first. That is adequate value for the Panthers to move up to get the number one pick. 
That's three firsts, including this year, next year, and the year after. Um, three second-round picks, two from this year, one for next year, and this year's third-round pick. That is what he considers to be an adequate cost. I would venture a guess to say that that is above what they actually got. And if not, that's right at value. To say the Bears fleeced the Panthers is ridiculous. And the only argument, there's so many ridiculous arguments that I've heard, but the the number one argument I keep hearing is, yeah, but, and then they go out to, to explain why it's going to end up working out better for the Bears and the Panthers. Well, no crap. Mathematically speaking, statistically speaking, it's always better to trade back. You want to know who won a trade? Whatever team traded back and got more picks. That's the team that won. And saying, well, well, you know, some people want to argue and say, well, show me how it's going to be better when the Panthers move up in this terrible draft class. Well, I can't compare it if we're going to do players because I don't know how this, I don't know who they're going to pick. I don't know how that pick's going to pan out. Beyond that, if it's a terrible draft class, well, that's not good for the Bears because they got more picks. They, they got to go back to nine in a terrible draft class and get picks 60-whatever, 62. And I have no idea what next year's picks are going to be. I can't compare players. That's why you don't compare players. The fact of the matter is these picks have value in and of themselves. And if you want it, you pay fair market value. And the point is they paid fair market value. They didn't get fleeced. The Panthers paid an adequate price. And I mean, what, what, what do people think the expectation was? I mean, it, it sounds to me like any team that traded up, they would just say they got fleeced based on that argument, because you shouldn't trade up because it's a bad draft class. What if they traded one first-round pick? Would that be getting fleeced? Apparently, because you you traded up in this garbage draft class to get a garbage quarterback. You got fleeced. That's not fleeced. The Bears got fleeced in that situation, but that's why that whole thing is stupid. The question is, based on what, how much should you get for that pick? By the way, and I cannot find it, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on this podcast not too long ago. Teams that trade up for quarterbacks pay a premium. I can't remember what it was. It's 15, 20% or whatever. This team traded up. So if they got fair market value, then Poles did not do a good job. Plain and simple. Because he should have got above value. Because the team is very clearly trading up for a quarterback, and teams that trade up for a quarterback almost always overpay. With that said, let me do my own math. Based on what this thing said. So what are we doing? We're taking the trade value chart. We've got 3,000 over here. Then you take pick 9, pick 62. Then for the first and second next year, you go to the bottom of those rounds. So you take pick 32 to, to get the next year's first. And you take pick 64 for next year's second. And then I'll just do 32 again for 2025, even though that should be discounted. And then for DJ Moore, I assigned 500 points. You know what that came out to? It was about 3,002. And, and honestly, the fact that it came out almost identically even, staggeringly even, leads me to believe that these guys aren't idiots and they know how to hammer things out and they know how to make two things on, you know, it's, like like algebra, you know, both sides need to be even. That whole thing, remember that? Something about making you got to do one thing on one side, same thing on the other side, some some. It's even. And then from there, Bears fans lost their mind and said, "Value of 500 on DJ Moore is ridiculous. That's a high second round pick and obviously he's a first round pick talent." Fine. Let's assign 600 to him then. It's still even. 
It's still even. It's 3,000 compared to 3,100. That's a 3% increase. It's negligible. It doesn't mean anything. If let, let's, let's put it this way. Assuming teams overpay at a rate of 15%, they should have got, just to, be, just to get the right deal, in other words, Poles did his job like a basic, normal human being, they should have gotten value that is worth 3450 They got 2500 points worth of value from the picks, which means they need about 950 points worth of value from DJ Moore. That is pick 17. That is a mid-first-round pick. Is DJ Moore worth that? If you say yes, congratulations, the Bears got what they should have gotten. Again, it's just math, dude. And this is what these things are based on. It's, it's not based on, well, you know, you know and, and, and guaranteed the Panthers are going to be a top 10 pick next year. And all. Okay, dude, but that's, that's not how any of this works. And, and that rationale, again, is fine, but it's not how you evaluate these things. All you're saying is always trade back. That's it. Always trade back. If you have the number one pick, why wouldn't you trade back? Or even the number two pick. You trade back just a couple picks. You know why? Because the team you're trading with sucks. So next year, it's going to be another first round pick. Presumably, it might not be, but you know that rationale is never going to change. Any team that's in the top five is a team that's pure garbage. And everybody's going to say, you know, that's going to be another top 10, top five, maybe number one overall pick next year. But we're not actually doing any actual evaluation or assessment. We're not doing anything rational or logical. We're just saying things. Probably could be kind of maybe sort of. And so the bottom line is, I stepped back and I said, this seems like less than I would have thought because I didn't think they were going to move back that far. And I was told they were going to get three first round picks. They didn't get three first round picks and they moved back to nine, right? Add in DJ Moore, okay, it's it's maybe the equivalent of three first round picks, but I still thought they were going to move back to like seven or something and get three first round picks. I don't I don't know. So I wasn't super bothered by this. I don't know what everybody thought the Bears were going to get. Maybe they didn't hear the rumors that they were supposed that the asking price was three first. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. But the funny thing is, you get Bears fans that are so mad. And and my whole thing was because again. This is this is where the arguments on Twitter started when I started going at, or they started coming at me, because all I have to do is mention the Bears and they find me. It's amazing. Um, but I said, because in my mind, again, this is a fair market trade. I'm saying that to call it a fleece is absurd. In order for this to be a fleece, you're going to have to tell me DJ Moore is Devontae Adams, which is to say that DJ Moore would need to be like a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Because if he is, then let's say he's worth like a a top five pick or something. Now you're talking about extreme value in the trade chart. And now now all of a sudden they got fleeced. But he's not. He's not Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams or any of the top three, top five wide receivers in the NFL. According to PFF, I think he ranked 34th. So not even in the top 32. Good wide receiver, don't get me wrong, but that's, that's it. And wouldn't you know it, I had not one, but two different Bears fans try to convince me that DJ Moore is in fact better than Devontae Adams. And the way in which they decided to do this was to tell me that DJ Moore had better stats in his first five years than Devontae Adams, which of course just shows that they are complete, absolute, utter morons. But again, the, the, the point is, I'm so biased because I just see it as a fair trade, because it is, because simple freaking addition says that it is. And their opinion is, 
I'm biased, but they're the rational ones who believe that it was a fleecing because DJ Moore is in fact better than Devontae Adams because in 2018, Devontae wasn't great, but DJ Moore was great in his first couple years, and therefore DJ Moore is better than Devontae. Therefore, the Bears fleeced the Panthers because it's so important that they fleeced them. It, to just have somebody come out and say, I think it was a fair trade, is just it just sends them in a rage. How dare you not acknowledge that we fleeced them, that the Panthers are so stupid that they don't even realize what the value is. But yet the geniuses on Twitter who have not spent five seconds looking at this and just see numbers and go, oh, big numbers. Wow, numbers and big numbers and players. My brain says big trade. My brain says fleece. Yeah, you're the genius, and the Panthers are the idiots. They're the ones that can't do basic math. You're the genius who sees everyone else say fleece, and you look at big numbers and go, oh, okay, fleece it is. Whatever you say. Man, Bears fans are so desperate for a win. They just have to have a win. And then, and then, they have the audacity to post, I have saw 500 of them, They freaking post their wide receiver room and say things like, I, 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 they don't say that, but that's me trying to wrap my head around this. Listen to me, you absolute dum-dums. You can't post a list of the exact same offense that was one of the worst in football. This was the worst passing offense we've seen since 1942. Your quarterback is garbage. Your wide receiver's garbage. Horrible, terrible, garbage, awful offense. You posted that exact list and added one guy, and all of a sudden you go, dang, dang, look at that list. Bro, that list sucks, plus DJ Moore. And I hate to break it to you. Everybody on that list had potential. Darnell Mooney used to be a very good wide receiver. And then suddenly, he's not very good. And then you spent a second-round pick on Chase Claypool, and that didn't super pan out very well. I know your guys' favorite thing to say is that DJ Moore was a great receiver with bad quarterbacks. I'm sorry to break it to you. This is the worst quarterback and the worst offense he's been in. We saw Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool freaking nosedive in Chicago. Allen Robinson freaking nosedived in Chicago. Valus Jones is a joke in Chicago as was Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle, Nikhil Harry. Every And how many times do we have to do this? You draft Valus Jones. Oh, dang, this is going to change everything. He's such a freak. You just wait and see. You bring in Nikhil Harry. Oh, dang, this is going to be crazy. You bring in Equinemius St. Brown. Oh, man, this is going to be amazing. You bring in Dante Pettis. Oh, dang, this is going to be crazy. You bring in Byron Pringle. Do you remember Byron Pringle? They were talking so much trash about how Byron Pringle's better than everybody on the Packers' entire roster. Did that guy catch a freaking pass? You brought in Chase Claypool. That was going to be this transformational thing. How many freaking wide receivers? And by the way, how many wide receivers do you think are going to be on the field at the same time? This is a team that does nothing but run the ball. And you're bragging about more wide receivers that aren't going to get the ball? And now they're talking about, oh, dude, if we could just add Jackson Smith and Jigba, that changes everything. Oh, cool. So you're going to have DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, and, and, uh, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So you're just going five wide all the time, all day. Do you realize there's more to a football team than wide receivers? 
This is this is like the test, the ultimate test of whether or not you are the most basic fan ever. All you care about is pass catchers. That's it. Quarterbacks and pass catchers. That's it. Not a single other thing matters. You don't have an offensive line. You don't. You might lose David Montgomery. Apparently, you don't care. You don't have pass rushers. You don't have defensive tackles. Jack Sanborn seems okay, not nearly as good as you guys think, but he seems fine. But you're losing all your other linebackers. Do you care? You don't have corners. But you got like 11 wide receivers, and you're freaking out because you added another wide receiver because you haven't learned your lesson that all these other wide receivers... And again, you guys don't freaking learn anything, ever. It's the same story every single time. We've even got guys out there, again, having the exact same conversation. DJ Moore's better than all the wide receivers that you have. That's the exact same thing you said about Dante Pettis. You said about Byron Pringle. You said about Darnell Mooney. You said it about Chase Claypool. You were bragging about Valus Jones. You said this a thousand times about every free guy that you had on there they all sucked the Packers wide receivers were better better than basically every wide receiver you have Christian Watson is significantly better than your wide receivers Romeo Dobbs is better than your wide receivers I can't specifically say that about DJ Moore we got to see if he goes in there and follows suit and completely falls off a cliff in your garbage offense like everybody else does or not if he doesn't then congratulations on having one decent wide receiver who's probably not going to be as good as Christian Watson Oh, and by the way, Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Write it down. You know, quarterback, as in throwing footballs. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think you have because you're a Bears fan and you've never seen that in your entire life aside from these home games when the Packers show up. It's the only time you have the benefit of seeing somebody actually throw a football properly is when Aaron Rodgers shows up and flips you off. Basic, basic, basic. We got DJ Moore. Oh, man. We have nothing as a football team. We just added a wide receiver. Oh, you know what we should do? We should get another wide receiver. And then we should get another one and another one. I hope you guys get 75 wide receivers. I hope you do. I will let them extend your roster so that you can fit 75 on your team. That would be amazing. I'd be so happy for you. They'll all sit on the bench and do nothing. But you know what? You can sit there and post things on Twitter. If you have enough characters about how great. Dude, who's who's stopping this? Who's stopping this? They can't even all play. Who's in the slot in Jigba? Okay. Who's your X receiver? DJ Moore. Great. Who's on the other side? Mooney. Where's Claypool? Uh, where's Equinemius? Uh, and I agree, Equinemius isn't even that good, but he was your best receiver. So what, we're just going to throw him aside now? He was the only guy doing anything. He's the only guy that actually went to the Bears and looked decent, as at least compared to what he had been with the Packers. Unlike, for example, Lucas Patrick, who went over there and crapped his pants, and then had an injury. So congratulations on getting fair market value, getting another wide receiver that, I'm sh- that I know you guys are so sure you're just loaded now. Elite wide receiver. This is the exact same thing that happened in Buffalo, by the way. This is what happened with Josh Allen. Josh Allen became Josh Allen because Stephon Diggs went over there. And so Justin Fields, who obviously is just as elite as Josh Allen, got that number one elite wide receiver because DJ Moore is just as good as Stephon Diggs. Obviously, I mean, Stephon Diggs was the best wide receiver in football last year, pretty much, I think. Him and Justin Jefferson were right up there, with number one, number two, 1A, 1B kind of thing. DJ Moore, same exact situation, bro. Straight up. It's going to be great. Granted, again, worst passing offense ever, but it's going to be so good. Trust me. Trust me, bro. Anyways, folks, um, 
I, I guess the only question now as we pivot to the Green Bay Packers situation is what what is the expected value for the Packers? And it's going to be hard to pin that down, but it is going to be an important question. So I'm going to look at this. This is uh, because, you know, again, it's going to be the Bears fans that are chiming in. Here is Bill Zimmerman from Windy City Gridiron. What would Aaron Rodgers' trade compensation look like? Here is the baseline expectation right now among a lot of people, including the Chicago Bears fans. Skipping way down here, it says, The Jets currently hold the 43rd pick in the draft. Giving up a second-round pick for Aaron Rodgers is reasonable, and I think the Jets would agree uh, to that relatively quickly. But I think if the Jets offer 43, the Packers will say, What else? That's where a conditional 2024 pick comes in. Perhaps the teams can agree to a large range of conditions. That could make the pick anywhere from a first-round pick to a third-round pick. Perhaps they can do the first condition based on playing time. If Rodgers plays and started 12 games or more, the pick moves from third-round pick to second-round pick. Make the second condition based on team success. If the Jets win the AFC, the second-round pick becomes a first-round pick. That would be a condition that if that happened with Rodgers, the Jets would be willing to give up a first-round pick, and also that the condition is enough to a uh, enough of a reach that they'd be willing to put it in an agreement knowing it was a long shot with the talent in the AFC. So essentially, a second-round pick and a conditional pick. Okay, and I think that's a decent baseline, but just so we're clear. So if the Packers do get pick 13, I don't want to hear anything about fleeced, right? We're not going to hear anyone screaming fleeced if they get pick 13, since the expectation is a second-round pick and a conditional future pick, just so we're clear. And the point is, everybody needs to do this individually. But don't freaking change up just because you want to dunk on somebody. You don't like Gutekunst, so no matter what it is, you're going to say he got fleeced. Unless he walks away with three first-round picks, he got fleeced. Why? Because I hate Gutekunst, and I want, him, I want to tell everybody I think he's an idiot for not being able to get proper value for a Hall of Famer. But the point is... Whatever you think is fair, put it out there so that we can refer back to it. My stance, it's pretty simple. I wouldn't pay, you couldn't pay me to take Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you probably could actually, but I just, I just, that's not how I think. I don't think that way. And maybe it's just because I'm not a Jets fan and I don't understand what they've been through. And it's like, dude, just if, if we could just get one year of making it to the playoffs and losing, that's worth losing all our money and setting our team back a year because we're not actually drafting anybody and probably two years because then we have later picks. So we're not going to be able to get our quarterback then next year. So then maybe the year after that, when we suck, then we can, then we can actually kind of reset our team. I don't see that as valuable. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I don't want that. I want to build a franchise. I want to build a franchise. Aaron Rodgers isn't a franchise. He's like an old guy trying to relive his high school years. Be like me going to Whitewater trying to slip into a house party. Like, what's up, guy? Crazy, right? Five bucks for a cup or what? Like, what's inflation doing? We do we do in 10 these days? Ooh, green cups. Edgy. So although I have dreams and desires, I'd love the first round pick. I would love five first round picks. You know, I, I the more the better. But I just don't see value in Rogers. So it's hard for me to put a value on it. If we get a third round pick, I'm not going to be happy. But at the same time, they paid more than I would have paid. So I can't exactly put a hard value on that. I don't think Rodgers has value because of his contract and because of the way that he played and because of the way that he conducts himself as far as, you know, not putting in effort, not showing up to, uh, you know, facilities when the doors are open and not really wanting to get to assimilate with the players. And just I, the, the massive amount of money. 
I, I see no value in it whatsoever. I think it's a terrible contract that the Packers gave him. And I think it makes him untradeable. And the fact that there's a team out there willing to give us something for him, I think is a joke. So yeah, from my opinion, it's going to be really hard to fleece the Packers. If we give them away for free, I think that's fair market value. <laughs> so anything we get above free is a steal, in my opinion. So anyways, I got to get going. You guys, uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.